Let's begin now. Man, that feels good. I've been robbed the last two weeks, you know? They've been taking my shine from my individual show. Had to go in and, you know, help clean for a week. They said, Dusty, my other guy's going to be out of town for a week. Need you to come in fill in. Okay. Week before that, Cody taps at the Masters. Talking a whole bunch of you-know-what the next week on the air, so I didn't pay him for my gear. Paid that daddy right after he said that. The hell with Cody Tab, bro. Seriously. Gonna use your platform to squash me? No way, buddy. And now we get to get right back into after hours. Little Sunday morning, little K-State purple trees out there, you know? By the way, is it just Missouri and Kansas that has these purple daddies? Because I like to see these things. They just popped up out of nowhere, and they let you know how you doing. You know what these are called? I have no idea. Purple trees? <laughs> I don't think that's it. I feel like they got that at the Third Street Dispensary in Missouri, you know? You want some purple trees? It'll blossom up out of nowhere and let you just feel the sun on your face. Smoke them if you got them. It's legal in Missouri. That voice you heard is Grant Nicholson. My voice is Dusty Likens. We're back on After Hours. We haven't done this show in two weeks. It feels like this might be a new promotion on a Sunday. Had a great time last night, Grant. Went to a uh, went to a speakeasy. Hilarious that they call them that because I don't think they want you to talk very often. Had a Larry David moment, of course. I didn't mean to put us in that Larry David moment. It's just me personally that does it. Just kind of rolls off the shoulder. And um, so my buddies and I, my buddy Tyler, he got us a bunch of tickets to this room on top of, uh, well, I guess it's an upstairs room, invitation only. Slash you got to buy a ticket in order to get there. So we're we're hanging out last night um, at this place called Libations. It's a... Uh, I mean, you know what a libation is, right? Just really fits the name of what Beverage. It, yeah. So we go to this top room. They got it, like, separated. It's called, like, the 1909 room. So they theme everything around that era of time. I wasn't alive. I can only imagine. Um, they even only let white people in. I'm kidding. They're not that. But uh, it's called the 1909 room. And... Uh, so we're up there and we're we're in the back of the of the room and it's you know they have a jazz band there last night. And I've I've the older I've got I've figured that I like jazz a little bit more. It's good on the golf course. It's good when you're playing poker with the boys, you want to have a little tune in there. You don't want to have some guy named Ricky be like, "Hey, play uh play uh Warren Zevon." You're like, "We don't have Warren Zevon. We have jazz. It just goes all night." 
Man, are you dogging on Warren Zevon right Love now? Love Warren Zevon. Werewolves of London. Come on, man. You know who I am. Dirty Werewolf. How you doing? But jazz helps the backswing a little bit. You know, in jazz, you don't really, you know, people just say they like it. They don't say, hey, could you play B.B. King? You know, nobody's got a jazz name under their belt to be like, hey, can you play this guy? You just go, oh, I like this tune. Who is it? Don't know. David Topper in the Sweaty Socks. You know, jazz people have weird names for their bands. I don't know what they're called. So we're up there. You know, my buddy and I, we're there a little early, and we're, we're having a conversation. We're talking draft. We're talking, hey, Dusty, what are you going to do for the draft? I'll tell you all in a little bit. He's like, where are you going to be at on the draft? I said, red carpet, daddy, with the tux on, asking Gracie Hunt on a date. I'm going to do it if she's around. Shoot your shot. That's not to be inappropriate. I'm just saying, hey, would you like to go get some sushi? My name's Dusty Likens. I do a show on 610 Sports Radio, affiliate of the Chiefs. Know a lot about your team. If you'd like to get a sushi roll, let me know if I can help with that. And we're talking, and these two old ladies kind of look back at us like, you know, when someone's like trying not to be rude, but they're being rude because you're talking too loud at a speakeasy. And uh, we're like, oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. They're like, oh, no, no, no. They're like, no, we were looking at the, the art on the wall behind you. We're like, oh, okay. So we toned it down a bit, took the words and, and softened them up. Well, after the first set, the band uh, took a break on. I'm not kidding you, Grant. Every single member came to this table, these two old ladies, and we're like, damn it, man. We were definitely talking too loud, and they were pissed because this is the band they came to see, and they know every single member, first, middle, and last name. Larry David. I was pissed after that. I was like, man, we definitely, definitely ruined their time. I mean, you're kind of right. Apparently, they're called speakeasies because people had to to whisper mm. because it was hidden during Prohibition. Yeah. They That's, used to be in, like, basements. There's a bunch of them all throughout Kansas City. I've been to a handful. They're pretty cool. You ever been to Green Lady Lounge? Yeah, of course. Does that count as a speakeasy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Technically. Okay. I figured it's more of, like, just like a jazz bar. It is. And we'll get into that a little bit later because somebody on Good Morning Football dropped it on national television. I got the audio. I don't even know who it is. I'm guessing it's Peter Schrager. It's not. He sucks. It's a lady from Kansas City. She tells you what you need to do when you come to the draft, and she drops that name right there. I was shocked, dude, because I'm telling you, man, I, I've never been to a place like Green Lady Lounge where, like, my first step in, I was like, love it. You know, I was a kid going to Chuck E. Cheese back in the day. It took me 17 minutes to be like, I like this place. Then you get neck deep in the ball pit, and you're like, I'm out. I hate this. It smells like sweaty socks. There's, like, flu and sinus issues all over the place, and that nasty rat comes out and starts playing the guitar, and you're like, get me out of here, Dad. Like, I don't want to be here. This pizza sucks, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, no, nah, man, Green Lady Lounge, man. I went in there, had my first ever sidecar cocktail, didn't know I liked cognac, fell in love. Never, never will I find a better place that suits my style at this age at 35 than Green Lady Lounge. But what I want to get into to start off is we're going to talk a lot of draft. Again, if you're if you're wanting to know where everybody's going to be at, we can get you covered. Tuesday, April 25th, starting at 6.30 p.m. from the Landing and Liberty uh, roundtable discussion plus audience question answers. Uh, Nick Schwartz is going to be the uh, MC. Uh, the panel of Nate Taylor, Mitchell Schwartz, and special guests um, will be attending. The event is free and open to the public. Draft coverage live from Cinderblock Brewery Friday, April 28th, following the Royals game. Uh, the Character Concerns crew, Nick, Bink, Chris, uh, they'll be broadcasting live at Cinderblock during the second and third rounds 
It is also free and open to the public, and then you know what's going on. Thursday night, Kansas City, draft in the house. Can't wait to get that picture of Union Station and the entire crowd live before the first pick gets announced for the Chicago Bears, who traded that pick to the Carolina Panthers. But Thursday night, live draft coverage during the first round. Nick Bink, Chris, anchoring coverage from the studio. Bob and Josh live at Union Station. Cody and Gold live from Boulevard Beer Rec Hall. Um, open to the public. You can register to win in person for a pair of Chiefs tickets. CDOT and Rob will be sitting on their ass. Live streaming must be nice. And then I'll be on the red carpet. Pete and Nate will be at Arrowhead. I'll be interviewing all the draftees, going to the back room, getting some people's attention getting some werewolf questions, but I had this debate last night with a buddy of mine. We were sitting there having a conversation and we're talking about quarterbacks going to be drafted. We're talking about this Merrill Hodge audio that I'm going to play you in the next, next break about Johnny Manziel. One of the funniest things I've ever heard. I was just literally taking a deuce, pulled up Twitter, found this. And I was like, this is one of the greatest audio things I've ever heard. But I was thinking to myself and Grant, you can chime in on this. Do you think that Patrick Mahomes is the same quarterback without Andy Reid. And I think the obvious answer is, well, of course not. Because if Mahomes were to be on, like, the Jets, do you think the Jets are going to a couple AFC championship games? Do you think Mahomes has a Super Bowl? Do you think he has an MVP? Do you think the story of Patrick Mahomes is the same if he's on the Jets or, you know, an NFC team that needed a quarterback at the time? And I think that the answer is no. I think that the teams that maybe he would be a part of would be successful, winning record. I think you have to expect that. I think that Patrick Mahomes on, like, let's say that Kirk Cousins doesn't exist. Like, he just never was brought to the world. And the Vikings drafted Patrick Mahomes. Are the Vikings an NFC championship team? Are the Vikings going to the Super Bowl representing the NFC? And I feel like the answer is no. Because it's very, very seldom in this world where things line up. Right? Like, I don't think the Braves are who they are without Leo Mazzoni, one of the greatest pitching coaches of all time, when he had Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, Steve Avery, if you don't want to leave him out of the discussion. And they don't develop the way the Braves do. Maddox, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Smoltz, double dip. Was a starter, closer, starter. Did it all great. Tom Glavin, the crafty lefty. Sad news is they only won one World Series. Should have won seven. But you look at the Patriots and the run that they went on. Is Tom Brady the same without Belichick? Now, a lot of people would say, well, he won a Super Bowl with Tampa. Loaded roster of Bruce Arians. Not the same as Belichick, but still a good coach. But the answer to Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid is no. It does not work. It does not come to tuition like it is. Because you have a guy in Andy Reid who had Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick. Both of those quarterbacks, better with Andy Reid. Now, a lot of people would say, well, Vick in Atlanta was, was something else. But do you remember Vick in Philly? Like, he bought all that game together and became better. Like, I remember when McNabb got hurt, Vick came in, everybody was like, oh, no. Like, there's something going on in Philly, and I don't think McNabb's the quarterback. You're like, Don McNabb's not the quarterback. He's been the quarterback for the last eight years and been a stud. And then Vic went in there after serving his hard time, came to Philadelphia, got a chance to start, lit the world on fire, was running, throwing. One game, I think he had like 400 passing yards, 150 rushing yards, and five touchdowns. In one game, Philadelphia. 
Andy Reid. And you look at Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the run that they had together, the, the chemistry they built, the teams they had, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what they're going to do without receivers. Right now in Patrick Mahomes' career, I don't think he needs top receivers. He just needs guys that understand the system, understand his gameplay, and can run the routes. You have that, Patrick Mahomes will be just fine. Now, if Patrick Mahomes is like 32, 33, then he's going to need that big daddy on the outside. Somebody that can actually make the game a little bit tougher when it just comes to receiver. But you look at the receiving core of the Chiefs. Watson, MVS, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, some dude again from the Giants. And you think about it and you're like, well, Andy Reid has taken Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think they're probably like talking like they used to where it came to the league and he was like, okay, so here's this, this, and this. Now I think it's like, hey, here's what they're trying to do. What do you have as a suggestion to go against it? But it's very, very, very not often that the planets align where you get super good talent, super good teacher. The Chiefs have that. And the way it goes is that this isn't going anywhere for the next five to ten years. Now, I don't think Andy Reid coaches for another ten years. I think he coached for another five. And I think at that point, Patrick Mahomes has, what, one more, maybe two more Super Bowls on his record. And at this point, I think Patrick Mahomes knows this is what it's about. I think he wants to get as close to Tom as possible. Which you can think to yourself, well, Dusty, obviously he wants to get as many rings. But to Tom, not as many rings as possible. He doesn't want four. He wants six. And if Andy Reid can get three of those gems on his hand, I think he's good. And after that, I think Andy Reid's like the dad when the son leaves the house. All right, you know how to drive the car. You know how to clean it. You know how to you know do everything. Take care of it. Vaya con Dios. That means to go with God in Spanish, George Strait. And enjoy the ride. Because you have the best quarterback, the best head coach together in their prime, rolling on all cylinders. And I just don't honestly think that if Patrick Mahomes was with Robert Sala, great guy, very attractive. I don't know if he's the same quarterback. If you had Patrick Mahomes with Mike Tomlin, Maybe a Super Bowl, maybe a couple playoff appearances. Not sure if it's as dominating as with Andy Reid. So I don't know. I don't know. Five straight AFC Championship games. Three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Coming up on the other side. Uh, the draft is up here in about less than two weeks. In fact, this time in two weeks, we'll be sitting back going, how do we grade it? What do we think about Brett Veach? But I think it's interesting because in the draft, it is very, very, very important when you pick your first-round pick, especially if you're in the top five, because things like you're about to hear can happen, do happen, will happen, and people give you warnings about it. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app, brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Sweet. If you just walk up to the plane, goes, ow. That's right. 
Now batting DH. Likens rips it into right field. That's right. No shift on me. I'm not even talking about the Royals today. Straight up. I'm pissed, man. For a second, though, I mean, kind of bums me out, man. I was really kind of feeling it mm-hmm. after they put up however many runs they did Ten on Wednesday. Runs, and they went on a bye, and then they didn't play for a day, and then flat. And then just get rocked by the Braves. They're a two-liter bottle of soda, man. That's what my comp is for them. The Braves are a good team, man. It's just frustrating that they had to run into one of the best teams in the major leagues. They couldn't have got Detroit. No. They couldn't have gotten... Chicago. Yeah. Anybody had to be the Braves. An NL interleague play? Yeah. That sucks. Who are just absolutely smashing the piss out of the Royals. Like, it's not even, like, friendly. It's just more so, like, we're going to beat the piss out of you, like, straight up 10-2, to 9-3, just pour it on. I felt so good after that Rangers series. Not only that, but you look at the Braves series, you're like, oh, they just put up 10. It looks like the bats are back. The Braves come to town. They get Singer, Boobich, Grinky, and then Singer got rocked. Boobich got rocked. And now Grinky gets to face Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna, which the Royals could have had, but Dayton Moore said, nah, I'm good, which is unreal to me. I don't know if that's actually a fact, but I do know that Ronald Acuna and Alcides Escobar are cousins, and Alcides Escobar gave the Royals an insight, was like, hey, I got this cousin that might be pretty good one day. Might check him out. Nah, we're all right. We'll go with Hunter Dozier. Ugh. You can't hear Royals action today starting at noon. Josh Vernier's pregame show will be on at 12 o'clock. Make sure you call in and play the uh, 22nd pitch clock game. The guy yesterday that went on before I gave him my bets. By the way, I did almost nail a parlay, except I took the under of eight and a half yesterday and a first run inning or a one run in the first inning. Braves went up one nothing after that long ass delay. The over did not or the under did not hit. It was five to three in the seventh. I was sweating bullets. I'm now oh and three on Josh Vernier's betting segment. So now it's just going to be a running gag. Jay Binkley will join the show at 10.30. He was at the UFC fights last night. That's right. Really? Yeah. Took a little trip? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, man, did you watch? Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know the UFC was here until, like, Thursday. And I did a clean show all week. We didn't have one topic on it. I had no idea. Yeah. This is the first I'm hearing of it. And then, uh, I, yeah. And so then, like, I follow Aaron Ladd of 41 Action News on, on Instagram. He follows me as well. And he had, like, a video of the T-Mobile Center. I was like, oh, man, there's a UFC fight. Like, a legit UFC. Like, Dana White in the house. Who sucks? Speaking of people who suck, I don't think I need to sell it. But we know Skip Bayless is, uh, um, well, he sucks. So you are going bust. Uh, if he's a first round, shoot, even, like, really a top three rounds. He's a, he's a, a fifth or sixth round. I pause. They're talking about Johnny Manziel pre-draft before he went in the draft. Round grade, if you have a compensatory pick, grabbed him there. But not in the first round. I'm sorry, I got a question. Are you saying that Johnny Manziel may not even be worth a pick in the first three rounds? Oh, I wouldn't. There's The, the project is so massive. There are so many so, major flaws. So what are your thoughts about people who believe he should be the first overall pick well, in the draft. Listen, you know, obviously it's not a perfect science, but I think people who will take him in the first round 
I'd if say you first did. overall. First if you took it first overall, I would think that staff would be gone in two years, and whoever made that pick would be gone in two years. You don't make that pick based on the other players that are available to you. You make that pick, we got to question your evaluating players and their transition and their ability to transition to the National Football League very highly. Merrill Hodge, with all due respect, you have never, ever been more wrong in your assessment of a football player than you just were about Johnny Manziel. Not only will Houston forever regret if they don't take Johnny with the first overall pick, but he won't be a bust. He's going to be a franchise player. He's going to be a star. He will make pro bowls. Cliff Kingsbury, do you know Cliff or have you no. crossed his path? Cliff played some pro football. He was Johnny's quarterback coach as a freshman, now the head coach at Texas Tech. When I, la when I asked Cliff, will these skills translate to pro football, he chuckled for about a minute at me on the phone. Chuckled. He said, Skip, he's going to be a star. Quickly, so where should he go then? Well, not number one. I would take right. Khalil Mack in a heartbeat over him, and I wouldn't even sweat about it. And I will have a much if, – even if he develops, he's still not going to be better than Khalil Mack as a football player. Skip Bayless sucks. With all due respect, I don't even know where Merrill Hodge is these days, but he should have just retired after Johnny Manziel proved his point. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that if I ever nailed a take like that, I'm out. Like, when he said, if you took him number one overall, I would assume that that coaching staff and that whole system would be gone in two years. How right was Merrill Hodge when it came to Johnny Manziel? Because we remember that, right? But we all forgot that Johnny Manziel was throwing to Mike Evans in college, who was 6'5", big daddy man, just killing fools. People forget Mike Evans went to Texas A&M. People forget he was wide receiver one for two years with Johnny Manziel. Now, again, Johnny Manziel did have that Heisman moment against Alabama. He had that game that we were all like, all right, who is this little fart? And then Johnny Manziel went on to be a bust. But this is why it's so great that you don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback in Kansas City. Johnny Manziel stole Colin Klein's Heisman. Okay, go ahead. Finish your point. You don't believe that. Eh, I don't know. You don't believe that. I don't know. I think it's a conversation. You don't really honestly. I think it's a conversation. That's, that's a lot of bias pouring out of you right now. <laughs> that's fine. Which is fine. I was like 15. You're also wearing a K-State sweatshirt today. And you're like, Johnny Manziel stole his Heisman. Well, things we're talking about. You think if Johnny Manziel doesn't win the Heisman, maybe he's got a better career because he's not on top of the world? Maybe. Maybe. He also kind of looks like Scotty McCreary. He won the Heisman as like a redshirt freshman, though, didn't he? Manziel? Yeah. Nah, man, he's like a junior. Okay, well. Because then he went in the draft the next year. And he was the first overall. Was he the first overall pick from Cleveland? No, no, no. He, he, I looked it up. He's 22nd. 22nd. Why does Skip Bayless think that he knows things is my biggest question. Do you think that Skip Bayless thinks he knows things or does he say stuff just to get the reaction? It's no. Nah. You I think, th he, I think he, he is, believes like 90% of what he says? I think maybe early Skip might have thought, I think this is true. And I think now Skip just literally believes what he says is right. Like I would have loved nothing more than for Shannon Sharp to punch him in the face. 
and I'm not over here advocating for violence, but Skip Bayless can get it. Like, he could get the five-knuckle shuffle. And I wouldn't be sad. Like, if ESPN was like, man, we've moved on from Skip Bayless, I would have a glass of champagne. Dead serious. I don't like Skip Bayless. But this is something that literally is a thing in the NFL. This will happen every single year. One of these quarterbacks, I'll bring it up with Binkley at 1030. One of these quarterbacks, seriously, will have one of those, like, will have a, will be a bust. To me, it screams real, it screams Will Levis. Levis Levis, just the way that he's carrying himself. Like Anthony Richardson, I don't know if he could necessarily be a bust. I think he'll be good enough. I think he's got some 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 upside, and we'll get into what their comparisons are right now. Levis screams bust. But this is why you don't have to worry about stuff like this anymore. Not only do you have Patrick Mahomes, but you have Brett Beach. And I know they ranked the, the top GMs in football and Howie Roseman was number one in Philadelphia. That's just laughable. Veach was two. You can split your hairs in the discussion of like, who should be one, who should be two? I don't really know. It's Brett Veach. Howie Roseman hasn't paid his quarterback yet. They haven't paid Jalen Hurts yet. Patrick Mahomes has been paid. Patrick Mahomes has been paid and then won a Super Bowl. Before Patrick Mahomes was paid, won a Super Bowl. He's won two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. The Chiefs front office not only got it right with quarterback, but they get it right with the entire team. The entire team. Every year, what does this team need to work on? Well, one thing I know we don't need to worry about is quarterback. Don't need to draft a tight end either. We'll just be fine for the next five years. But what they do so well is evaluating and picking right. The Browns took Johnny Manziel. Browns suck. Never been good. They went from Johnny Manziel to Deshaun Watson. And again, I understand that the NFL ranks Howie Roseman as the number one GM in football. He's not. Brett Veach is. Three years ago, offensive line was, you know, a little janky, a little loose. What'd he do? Traded for Orlando Brown Jr., but he also stuck a little sneak daddy in there and was like, we'll take that second-round pick, Nick Bolton. Top five middle linebacker in the league. Super Bowl hero. Could have won MVP if that second fumble was a touchdown. Could have. Would have had a great case for it. Fixed the offensive line. Got Joe Tooney. Drafted Creed Humphrey. Drafted Trey Smith. Built that offensive line to protect Patrick Mahomes. What happened? Went to the AFC Championship game the next year. Lost to Joe Burrow in that Cincinnati Bengals class. Why? Couldn't get any pressure. What'd you do? Oh, you know, went out and got Trent McDuffie, Leo Chennault, George Karloftis, Brian Cook, rebuilt the defense, put them together. Now what? You going to try to only give up 17 points a game and let Mahomes go out there and score 30? Just blow teams out by 15? Chiefs against the spread next year? Hot and heavy, ready to do it. I think that's what Veach wants. He's now got everything. That's why everybody's so confused. What do they draft this year? Receiver? Probably. Tight end? Maybe. Offensive tackle? Could be. Edge rusher? If it's there for the value. But you don't have to worry about stuff like Johnny Manziel and, and Cleveland Browns and, and Skip Bayless and Merrill Hodge. We don't know what Merrill Hodge is doing these days. Probably somewhere nice. Rich. Nailed that take about Johnny Manziel. But you don't have to worry about the Chiefs because you have a Brett Veach GM. 
Your team is set. Your quarterback not going anywhere. Your head coach, happy. Your defense, young and good. Watson, Sneed, contract year. What happens to Jerry Sneed? I don't know. We'll know what happens in the draft. We'll know where to go from there. We're only a week and a half away. Thursday night, April 27th in Kansas City. Coming up next, Pete Sweeney joined the drive. He had some interesting things for those of you that have questions about where the Chiefs go in the draft, what the Watson contract means, and also what receiver could be available for them if they decide to go that route on April 27th here in Kansas City. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. My eyes are open wide by the way I made it through the day. I watched the world outside by the way I'm leaving out today. I just saw Haley's comment. She This is Grand Jam right here. By the way, those purple trees, Eastern Redbud, what they're called. The Eastern Redbud. I was talking about butt rock yesterday. Really? And we were just going through our favorite butt rock song. I think, uh, look at this photograph might be the theme of, uh, butt rock. Look at this photograph! That's pretty good. And just jeans to your ankles pushing out that, you know, that brown log. That's what that reminds me of. You know, our boss, Steven Spector, loves Nickelback. Seen him twice in concert, owns every single CD of theirs. That's not a false statement. That's a true statement. He loves him some Nickelback. He also calls it s'mores, not s'mores. I made a mistake on the air. I do it quite often. Skip Bayless works for Fox Sports 1. Josh Danner on uh, Twitter let me know that. FS1's with him. ESPN parted ways long ago. I feel like Skip Bayless has a lot of insecurities. I also think Skip Bayless, like, we could do this all day if we really wanted to. What does Skip Bayless do blank? Anybody that posts that much on social media, yeah, probably has got some insecurities. Big time. And not only that, but I feel like he's the type of guy that goes and listens to himself. Like, I'll be honest with you, I very rarely go back and listen to, like, my shows. I probably should to get better, but I don't. It's just something different about, like, hearing your voice in your own ears. You're like, that's what I sound like? Ooh. I hate it. It's it's brutal, man. <laughs> it's but like, you think Skip probably goes back and listens, listens to his takes, and he's like, you know what? That was a good one. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. He never goes back with a critical eye, like, how could I get better? It's always, dude, I kind of crushed that segment, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, since we haven't had a show in a couple of weeks, we'll do a uh, out-of-left-field question a little bit later on. We'll do it at 1045. Jay Binkley at 1030. We'll get to the out-of-left-field question uh, where we engage with the audience. 913-586-7610. Gorgeous Sunday today. I know it's only 43 degrees and the wind's about to get in. Wind's about to kick up. The high today is 59. Still nice. But screams a good day to go out and take the bike out. Motorcycle or bicycle. No, I am. No tea time for you? Not today. Tomorrow. Dang. Golf okay. league on Monday nights. 
just uh, put up a 79 at Adams Point last Monday. I was waiting for the, the tea time segment. I'm sh- I was sure it was coming. Not today. I got to help my buddy um, do inventory at his wine store. Paying me some good money for it. A little chilly for the links today. I know there's probably a lot of people out there. Uh, 816 chimes in on the Skip Bayless blank. I bet Skip Bayless has a picture of himself in his wallet, no doubt. What's his wife's name again? Don't know. It's something kind of wild. No idea. I didn't know he was married. I couldn't imagine somebody being married to that man. Like, I've been in relationships. They've failed, probably because of who I am, but either way. Yeah, that's right. It's Ernestine. His wife's name is Ernestine. It's her first name. Ernestine? E-R-N-E-S-T-I-N-E. Look at this big daddy out here running down, running down the street. Look at him. He's looking at us. We'll wave at him. He knows we're up here. He's doing a nice little jog here. Nice that little car, sweatsuit, too. That little car driving past him was being a Richard right there, driving a little too fast in a small zone. Let that man run in safe space. You don't need to go, you don't need to go 25. Go 15. 1020, Painted Hills. Dusty got room for one, half day. I wish I could, man, um, but I'll be on air till noon, so I can't make that tea time, and I've already promised my buddy that I'd help him with, uh, with his inventory, which is kind of nice because it's a wine and liquor store. Well, it's a wine store. There might be a couple Pinot Noir bottles going missing. Be like, yeah, you only had three. I thought I had four. Three. You got, I got the pen and paper. I'm the one telling you what you had. Uh, Pete Sweeney on the drive, my good friend Pete Sweeney, Talked about Justin Watson, who got uh, the news on Friday morning about being a chief receiver. I think it was Friday morning. Last week was a blur. I was with Kling all morning, getting up at 4.30 every morning. It's fantastic. I'm sick in the head, so I love it. This is Pete Sweeney on where Watson fits on this roster. I'm with you. I would lean more toward Locke for, for Watson. It would have to be in in the realm of the, the Chiefs not uh, liking a, a Richie James, or as you're, you're saying, uh, in the NFL draft, maybe taking a receiver that is on a, a you know a day three type of pick where you know they have to find out. The the thing that you see the Chiefs do a lot nowadays, I, I think, is try to enter the NFL draft where if they had to play a game tomorrow, they felt like they have four or five good enough players at the position, and I think they feel like it's good enough to win right now. Uh, I don't think they'll hold back on uh, on taking a receiver if they feel like it's in the the right pocket of the draft. If they feel like he he could he could contribute on this team, which will make that battle up in St. Joe all the more interesting. Justin Watson's making this roster. There's no question in my mind he doesn't make this roster. I thought what he did last year was was good enough, and I think the chemistry with Patrick Mahomes is there. And I think that when you look at what Watson can bring, he can kind of give you that surprise deep threat. Now, I know he had a couple drops last year, kind of like middle of the season, and people are like, well, why is this guy, like, why does Mahomes keep, there's trust. He'll be at Pat camp. They'll have their chemistry built. And there's a lot of similarities with last year's roster as opposed to this year's roster. Now, I know there's a lot of people asking about, well, DeAndre Hopkins, blah, blah, blah. You know, Lamar Jackson's told the Ravens he wants Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins, then they can start having conversations. One leg of that parlay has happened, but this is what Pete Sweeney had to say on the similarities of this year and last year on the receiver roster. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still here. I, I believe the Chiefs feel that Kadarius Toney's ceiling, should he stay healthy, could be in that contri- contribution of, of the Juju Smith-Schuster range, even as high as maybe his best year when he was next to Antonio Brown, where he was able to get uh, over 1,000 yards. They see him as a number one. It's just a matter of health. 
Uh, and then you have Sky Moore, which would be in that Hardman role. Do we really feel like Sky Moore in his second year can't do what Hardman has done these past couple of years for Kansas City? And so you replace the names uh, with, with the potential here uh, that they had last year. Kind of the same situation. It's not all that far off. If you remember last year, Juju was coming off an injury-filled year, and there was some questions surrounding him. I, I think it's the same thing. And what is Kansas City doing? They're leaning into Patrick Mahomes. Now, it's a matter matter of they could play tomorrow with these receivers. Can it be improved? Absolutely. And I, I think they'll continue to try to turn over stones to, to do that. And like you're saying, with the receivers up, up in St. Joe, um, last year they kept five. I imagine with all these receivers, they'll keep six this year. That's still a tight room. Tight room, more ways than one. Everybody that's in that room is familiar with Patrick Mahomes. That's step one of what this room needs to be. Everyone knows his mannerisms outside the pocket, know that he's a big impromptu-style quarterback, big on the run. These guys know where to be in the right situation. Like when we watch these Chiefs games, you're like, how did he know to be there? Pat Camp, chemistry, tight room. Also, there's a lot of people out here that try to get the Brett Veach scoop. What are the Chiefs going to do? Draft a receiver in the first round? Best available player? Cliche stuff. Pete Sweeney on what the Chiefs might do at receiver in the draft. And I just think there are greater needs for the Chiefs in boosting uh, that edge position, right? Amanda, who is more of like that hybrid type of guy. I, I think them getting a stud at edge, if they can trade up in the first round, uh, that type of thing, the pair with Carl Loftus for the future would be big. And then a tackle uh, is more important to me uh, than wide receiver at, at this stage. I, I know the Chiefs have some candidates at right tackle if they do choose to keep Taylor on the left and, and make that switch. But again, uh, we learned right in 2020 uh, that you need depth there. You know, even if they're not going to necessarily start on day one, uh, maybe you, you build that guy up and he could start in the middle of the season or if someone were to get hurt, that type of thing. Uh, if you do go with Niang or Prince Tegonego. So, Long way to answer that. I, I just think there are two clear, greater positions of need. So wide receiver for me, though still, again, someone you want to bring in and, and, and in that position and, and develop it. I'm probably more in the, the five range than uh, where, where again, tackle or, or edge might land in the eight or nine I range. I also think me. you have to think about when it comes to Sky Moore, how big's the jump? 250 yards receiving last year. Had a conversation with Kling about it on Wednesday or Thursday about – what if Sky Moore has 750 yards receiving this year? Is that is that an outstretched cry? Do you not believe that he can do that? Triple the production. Text lines seem to think maybe not. And then there's the name. The one name that is down to one. It started off with Juju Smith-Schuster. It then transitioned to Odell Beckham Jr. And now DeAndre Hopkins is the popular name among the water towers. Not the water towers, but the, the water fountain talks. When it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if it does end up being a, a cut type of situation, shoot, that opens up everybody, including here in, in Kansas City. I know that the Chiefs are up against it at the cap, but there are creative ways if you're ripping up a contract and making a new one where uh, you can you can maybe get this player and, and do it at a discount depending on, on what he wants to do. And I know the Chiefs have been reluctant to get themselves into that voidable year type of thing. But you just saw the Ravens who are sacrificing future cap do that. You know, maybe Hopkins is that type of player who they'd be willing to break their own rule in, in a sense for and, and, and go with the voidable years. Um, it, when, when it comes to a trade, it, it's going to have to be a team with space. But I, I think more, more so than trying to throw a dart here for you, I think it, what's worth watching here in Kansas City is, 
is he released? Because if he's released, I think that suddenly opens the door. Again, it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and ego. Odell Beckham Jr. probably was the team. The Chiefs were the ones that offered the $4 million. He got the 15 guaranteed, 18 in total was incentives that have to hit throughout the year, but $15 million guaranteed. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have that same sort of vibe. Odell Beckham already has his ring. Odell Beckham just wanted that one last contract. Got it. $15 million guaranteed. Can cash daddy outside, finish his career that way. DeAndre Hopkins, you don't have a ring. In fact, you've been on some pretty atrocious teams, the Texans and the Cardinals. You want to get that one year, $8 million, get released. Everybody's going to want you on their roster. The best possible option to win a Super Bowl is in Kansas City. I don't mean that because I'm here talking in Kansas City. I mean that because they're the best team in football. They have the best quarterback, the best head coach, and a tight end that's the best ever to do it. You come to this team, ball out, have a big year, chance to win a Super Bowl, there's a good chance you might get that big payday. You can knock two of those things off your resume. Payday, ring. Best possible option, Kansas City. So we'll see what DeAndre Hopkins' situation goes into. I like this text from the, uh, where's it at? From the uh, 913. Justin Watson is what the kingdom thought Garrick Dieter was going to be. That's fair. I mean, Dieter was just like a fan. Did a lot of people really think that Dieter was going to be? No. Yeah. He was just friends with Patrick Mahomes and just enjoyed that ride. Can't hate him against it. We talked a little bit about the Royals. A little bit. Royals Review, good follow on Twitter. We bring that up on the other side about the top 50 moments at the K and when we'll ever get one of those moments again. It ain't going to be anytime soon. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. the opposite of butt rock here one of the top bands of all time here kind of sad though because i'll never be able to like see the original band live now if plant and jimmy page did like a u.s tour you better believe i'm putting up bruce springsteen money to go see those two just probably won't happen uh we do have to get to a break i uh, went a little long in that last segment but there is a little bit of royals move here Left-handed pitcher Josh Taylor makes a call-up from Omaha. Chris Bubich goes to the injured list as he's on the 15-day DL with a left, what is it, a left strain? A left flexor strain. So maybe that was something that kind of got Bubich out of his rhythm. But what I will do before I go to break is I will give you a uh, little bit of a NFL draft experience A chance to see all three Vince Lombardi trophies, free autographs from NFL players and legends. You can do a bunch of stuff like a 40-yard dash, a Hail Mary toss. Um, The schedule is available on one pass app starting April 24th. There's a Bud Light bar, full collection of 56 Super Bowl rings. Again, Tuesday, April 25th, starting at 6.30 from the Landing in Liberty. Drafts and drafts, roundtable discussion, plus audience Q&A. 
emceed by Nick Schwartz, panel of people, Nate Taylor, Mitchell Schwartz, and special guests. The event is free and open to the public. And then Thursday on the draft, during the first round, Nick, Bink, and Chris are going to be in studio giving you all the draft information. Bob and Josh live from Union Station. Cody and Gold live from the Boulevard Beer Hall Rec Deck. Also open to the public. Register to win in person for a pair of Chiefs tickets. CDOT and Rob on live stream across social media channels. Myself, Dusty Likens, a.k.a. the Dirty Werewolf. That's what they call me here at 610. Live on the red carpet. You also have Pete Sweeney and Nate Taylor live at Arrowhead. This is After Hours on a Sunday. When we come back, we talk about the top 50 moments. Royals Review did it on Twitter. They're a great follow. Give them a shot. Top 50 moments all time at the K. What are they, and when will we ever see one again? You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. 